the stuff you're going to hear uh, from Dr. King, not only is it going to be powerful and insightful, but it's also going to give you uh, an understanding as to why I wanted to have him on. You know, we had him on back in season six uh, in April and May of 2018. We talked about the attacks against the family, the sanctity of marriage, uh, men being men, women being women. And then, you know, you fast forward to where we're at today, and it, it, it really is almost mind-blowing, you know. Um, <laughs> I found out so many different things about you, Dr. King, how, 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 how influential you are. You know, from being a preacher to your basically your whole life story uh, and everything you've gone through is a testament to why, you know, we have to keep fighting because I look around at what's going on today and I can understand why people would want to give up. But if anything, that's all the more reason, uh, you know, why we should be doubling down, why we should be invested in everything that's going on. Would you agree? Yeah, I do, mate. I, I, think, um, I think we're on the cusp of change. I, I think often in society and in culture, um, politically, everything swings. Everything swings like a pendulum. And we've swung so far uh, to one direction, we are swinging back. Somewhere in the middle is a balance. It always happens. Sometimes it takes decades. Sometimes it takes hundreds of years. But there is always a sense of prevailing truth and freedom that, that does reverberate. I think what we've got now is um, often a media... And a lot of people feel like media is used against them or, or whatever. I think what we've got now is a, an ability of people to become aware of a reality that by and large they're uncomfortable with. The next choice is whether or not they're going to participate in being part of the solution um, or 1984 yes. style, just roll over and just partic participate in you know, the decline of everything that we've held dear for a long, long time. I think that's probably like the most the most crucial part about it is taking part in the change. I think a lot of people they see this reality that they are uncomfortable with and they think, gosh, you know, I'm one person. What can I do to fix this? What can I do to try to fix all this? How how is all this chaos happening? Mm -hmm. well, all of it's happening yeah. because enough people not enough people are asking the question of what they can do and then not enough people are being sincere in the actions that they want to take try to fix these things. I think people are slowly learning that there's no law that can give them freedom. The change that they're seeking has to start from within. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So if you could, uh, just to, I definitely want people to go back and listen to the two previous episodes that we had them on. I will definitely have those in the description bar below. Uh, but if you could, Dr. King, just give people a quick lowdown uh, on you, because I feel like that intro, it just didn't do you justice, man. Oh, well, thanks, man. Um, well, I, I've been, I was on the first plane out of Australia after 9-11 with the overwhelming sense that as goes America, so goes the rest of the world, um, economically, militarily, spiritually, morally. And um, I, I remember I got on that first plane and came here. You know, America was very good to Australia. Um, or we would have been speaking, um, you know, Japanese or German following World War II or Italian. Um, and, and we weren't. We're an island nation, very small, the size of North America, but with a population of Texas then and now. And um, I just felt this incredible desire to find a way to say thank you um, to this great nation. And, you know, all nations are, have got issues and challenges. All nations have quandaries and ups and downs. 
But America, by and large, for the last couple of centuries, has been a stalwart of, of, you know, of freedom, a desire for freedom. Um, we've had our steps and our missteps. But I think the overarching desire from the founding fathers with the, with the first, hey, listen, there, there needs to be a, a different way to, to worship and have freedom of religion flowed over in the freedom of, for man, uh, mankind overall. And uh, so we came here with a desire to be a part of that, um, to be a part of what I believe was a one final push for America to find its place in the world again and, and to right itself. And I believe it's for such a time as this that, that you know, we are here. We're, we're seeing our nation have to face some things and come to, to have, you know, make some, make some, um, take some hard calls, take a hard look at itself and make a decision about what the next 25 to 50 years are going to be like. And I think that's where we sit as a nation. Yes. You know, I, I've been saying a lot more recently uh, because of the ratcheting up of events, uh, evil evolving, what I would think, what I would consider it that, you know, that we weren't necessarily evil enough for people like Hillary Clinton. And the reason I say that is because we still had some semblance of good. We still had some semblance of people that wanted to have dignity, that wanted to have respect, that wanted to have some, some, some level of moral foundation, some kind of structure. Because what we see happening now is just the unveiling of it all. You know, uh, hearing you talk about <laughs> just your love for the country, it just makes me think about how did we get to this point to where it's considered bad to love your country, uh, where, where, where you want to see not only yourself do good, but others do good. But because of the, the level of inversion and doublethink that's out there, how have we become so, so, I don't even know what to call it, so brainwashed to not understand these things, to see like patriotism as a bad thing. You know, I, I for example, you know, I love Australia. I, for some strange reason, my heart always calls out there and I love the people out there. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put down America and say America's bad. Let me move to Australia. I'm going to appreciate the cultures of, you know, of each country. Mm -hmm. I, I just think it's crazy, you know, the, the open mind control that's out there to demonize patriotism, to demonize, uh, one's love for one's own country for one's own history and then at the same time the misinformation out that is out there to 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 disturb other people and deter them away from looking at other people's cultures i find that uh, the most disturbing part of it all yeah an unstable people are fractured people i my, so part of my heritage is australian aboriginal so part of the first nations original black fellows from out that way i might have mentioned that last time and melissa's is cherokee so, you know, I, I grew up, you know, not black enough to be black and not white enough to be white. You know, I don't know what you call them, maybe Oreos. I don't know what that is, man. You guys have got a name for just about everything. And um, <laughs> I, grew, I, I grew up where, where black fellas were black fellas, white fellas were white fellas, and that's just the way it was. And then, then it got political in the 70s when the Black Panthers turned up and told a whole bunch of the mob that, you know, we didn't have it good enough and we needed to get something else. So things go sideways a little bit. And, now, on Australia Day, which is the founding of, um, of Australia by, by um, James Cook, the English, it's now called, you know, Terrorism Day is what one part of the Aboriginal community want to call it. And I understand why, um, you know, as a people, we were herded and slaughtered. I get that. And, and land was robbed. I get that. Um, 
Only up until the 60s did we get a right to vote and participate. I get that. Education, all that sort of stuff. Even in my own family, they don't talk about our Aboriginal heritage because they're ashamed and embarrassed, which makes it very complicated when you're wanting to reconnect with the land and the people. So I get, I understand all of that. Okay, I get that. But I grew up in a, in a, in a, a generation that weren't involved with the slaughtering of my forefathers. So at some point as a rational human being, surely I can appreciate the opportunities I've had to carve out a life and separate that from a discussion of historical wrongs. Not negating the historical wrongs, but pointing to them and say, let's learn from this so we can move forward together. So instead of dividing based on race, uniting based on humanity. And I see that happen across America um, with Melissa with a Cherokee background. You know, the, the, the Native Americans are probably the most marginalized, I think, in a lot of ways, mainly because they, you know, the tribals thing and they, they've got that. And, but I look at the human trafficking and sexual abuse and the murder that happens within the, in the nations. And it, it's absolutely concer- concerning to me from a, and particularly from post-traumatic stress, you know, culturally. So, so we've got, we've got all of those things going on and yet an overwhelming desire to be unique yet in culture as as wonderful as america and I, I i see happening in australia and here this this it's a little bit like wealth people are now ashamed to be successful because they are successful and they're wealthy as opposed to it being something that inspires other people now it's it's a shame to have it and i find those tools i find the race card being played um and it's like all of these things are meant to destabilize and unsettle as opposed to be galvanizing for a positive future. I know it's a bit of a rant, PJ. I didn't mean to, to get on that. But oh, I, no, that's it, fine. It just, it just seems like these things are happening in a very coordinated manner. And that is, that is the unsettling part. And to say that it's not happening in an uncoordinated manner um, is, is naive to the point of stupidity. Now, you can... Admit that it's happening. You can admit that you like Antifa and you're supporting Antifa, but don't tell me that Antifa is not organized and funded for another series of means. Now, I don't agree with Antifa. I am the, I'm on polar opposite to what they stand for in terms of behavior. But, but don't say that this is some sort of woke generation um, going about out of the goodness and passion of their heart. But it's not. It's like it's just rubbish. Um, and, and to then have to admit that if you do support that, you have to then acknowledge that you're supporting another agenda. Um, you know, the destruction and the destabilization of our country, the politics based upon racial, or economic or social economic politics. So there seems like there is this um, decisional deceptiveness that people are participating in, which I find mind-blowingly, like, stupid. Um, it's like, <laughs> Why? <laughs> You know, well, I think that's the, yep. I think that's a good way to put it. It is, it is just stupidness. It is stupidity. You know, ignorance breeds more, breeds more ignorance, uh, and that's why we have the mess of information that we have today. But I think you hit it on the head, hit the nail on the head when asking, where is ra- where is rationality? You know, we, we we see Antifa out there. I'm sure we'll get into you know some of these most recent shootings uh, and things like that as well. But where is rationality? We see. Uh, react yeah, yeah. to things, be be emotional, 
uh, get caught up in, 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 in superficial things that don't necessarily define you. You see, they give people their identities. They tell them what they're supposed to be uh, programmed to, what they're supposed to react to. And that's very dangerous. When you have a, a, a specific sect of the population who is essentially, essentially disassociated from reality and can't distinguish between what's fake and what's real, that's very dangerous. But at the same yeah. time, when you have a society that encourages it, what do you think that's going to produce? You know, so I, I don't think that yeah, people I, actually yeah. do learn from history. I think they see these types of things and they think that this type of behavior was how it was supposed to always be. And that's not the case. No, and that happens with the perversion of history. Um, you know, it's, you know, okay, we want, to mock, we want to knock down every monument that was erected to a general that um, represented the South in the Civil Wars. Well, that is just like removing um, the Holocaust Museum in Germany. So, you know, I don't, I, I don't think there's a person, a reasonable person, alive in America who thinks that standing for slavery in such a way, and there's different interpretations I get that of the war between the North and the South, I just can't, you, you remove those monuments, it's 1984, you're rewriting a history so that someone is control of the narrative. Yes. And instead of embracing the brokenness that makes us whole, and I think that's the key. In order to truly be whole, you embrace our brokenness and say, you know, regardless of our yes. and failures, we are still heading towards a belief, a manifest destiny, that as a broken whole people, we can be great. And that's everybody. So... When I talk about, about the people who are just firmly committed to what in the Antifa thing, for example, again, if that was happening in any other nation, that would be seen as terrorism. Um, if it was done, it would be seen and just said, poo-poo, you can't do that, you can't, someone's got to do something about it. But because it's happening in Seattle or in Chicago or Atlanta or wherever it is, LA or whatever national tour they're going to try to do, because they're, and they're, they're trying to provoke a response. And because they're trying to do that, we're going to somehow hide it under um, domestic terrorism um, and yet all the way shouting some sort of white supremacist thing I, I, I don't I don't get it you know it's just it's just not a logical argument there's nothing you can't follow a logical cerebral non-emotional you know point to point to point through that thing um, and you know it's just you know, you can, we can disagree on things, but surely uh, throwing containers of cement or taking to old people with batons, at some point that moves from um, freedom of speech and First Amendment to just an act of atrocious violence against the elderly and the infirmed. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, even with, uh, and I'm sure some people have seen this, but with people like uh, Ilhan Omar, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, they've been asked to publicly denounce uh, organizations like Antifa, and they've had the, re the question repeated to them multiple times so that they could hear it, and they have publicly chosen to not respond to to uh, the violence that things like Antifa is out there organizing. They don't they don't want to they don't want to condemn it because they know that they're actually a part of it. And so essentially, what I think we're seeing uh, is is intentional radicalization without any type of accountability. And so whenever we're seeing this type of this level of open lawlessness, this this level of chaos that that essentially seems like it goes unchecked, well obviously obviously it's going to intense it's it's going to intensify it's going to escalate if they think yeah. they're going to get away with these types of things and there's a level of collusion or 
or uh, uh, coordination at higher levels, well, then, yeah, they're, they're, they're creating a perfect environment to have this type of stuff fester and grow. And yeah. so, well, and the, at the aim of the, the aim of the thing in New York and then in Atlanta, which throwing water at police, was trying to provoke a police officer to tase a kid or shoot yes. them because they were feeling threatened. So that and I and I, I those I, the level of control that they showed is something I don't believe I personally would have been able to in that situation. You've got forty or fifty people hurling stuff at you, um, and you've got the ability to defend yourself, and you're in a position of threat. You know, reasonably, you should be able to do that. So the whole thing, and water bombs by young teenagers, and all you would have seen on the news is some young person um, was shot or tased and died because they were covered in water. So the, the, the level of um, banality and disregard for humanity by forcing um, a mindless group into a mob mentality to do that, that puts them in harm's way, to try and provoke a response and be- continue to belittle someone as a peace officer. You know, there, it can't be seen as this was some sort of, you know, spontaneous burst of free speech. It, it It is just, it's not conspiracy theory, it's just, uh, dude, someone put these kids up to it. You oh, yeah. Know, is, is, oh, yeah. That's, that's just logic. Well, you know, let's, let's, if anything, let's talk about some of these most recent shootings because I feel like that, again, shows the mental health epidemic that, that's going out there. You know, uh, recently the FBI classified anybody, classified conspiracy theorists as domestic, domestic terrorists, uh, people that believe in the QAnon thing and the deep state stuff. You know, let's, before we jump into that, just the other week and the week before that, uh, we had this garlic festival shooting and then we had that ice facility shooting. So personally, what I'm, what I'm beginning to see is you have people who have been intentionally radicalized by misinformation going out and carrying out these types of domestic terror operations and, and, and no one's really getting accountability for it except for the people who are trying to stop this. I feel like that's what's dangerous. You have individuals like ourselves who are trying to point out fallacies within this organization, and what they end up doing is 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 doing the whole guilty by association, affiliating groups like Antifa uh, with individuals who who just question and think. And I find that very very dangerous because again, just the, just in the past few weeks, we've had multiple shootings, and none of these kids look like they're all there. Uh, none of them. Yeah. <laughs> None of them. They like these are not regular people. They all have a weird look in their eyes. If they've been, I I, I, I don't know what to say. But it it just goes back to the fact that these that, that we're yeah. dealing with people who who are not well, and how they're they're unleashing these types of people. These people who don't know self discipline, who don't know self awareness, uh, self control, any of these types of things. They're promoting a level of lawlessness that's that's. That's, that's going to, as you said before, provoke that response from law enforcement. Yeah, so then we get into a place where law enforcement doesn't trust anyone because they're constantly in threat of their life. And I, I work with a whole range of really nice, really solid American-loving police officers, and every day they're fearful. Every traffic stop is a, a potential life-threatening situation. And that was before... Um, the last four or five years, you know, the last eight years, really, um, they were feeling like that, but now it's heightened. So we've got these continual tensions and no one seems to want to walk the middle ground. Um, 
You know, there was a situation in Ireland before the end of the Troubles. Um, four kids, four family members, four mothers um, from the Protestant side, I believe it was, crossed over to the Catholic side of the IRA. They just lost their boys and they were just walking away from the funeral. And they all sat down in the room together and says, we've got to stop this. Like, how many more do we have to lose? And it takes that depth of tragedy um, to do it. And unfortunately, we're headed that way. Um, and, and unless people decide they're going to stop the screaming and the name calling and the yelling and have a conversation. Um, but even the conversation seemed to no longer be able to be rational, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you 1000%. Uh, and that's, it's, it's so true. But I think you hit it again on the nail earlier in the show when you were saying that we have to embrace the brokenness so that we can be whole. I feel like that's the other side of the hump that we're on right now because of, yeah. because of, because of what's on the horizon and what we're going to have, what's required of us to face it. We have to admit that we have a poison in us. There is something dark. There is something bad going on. And the only way we're going to get mm-hmm. through this is accepting that that's a part of us so that we can propel mm-hmm. ourselves into the future because this is not going away. People think that, again, people think that there's going to be a law that's going to stop all these shootings. That's the problem. It's a lot of these laws that end up causing the shootings. We need to figure out what the actual issue is. It's an emotional, mental, psycho-spiritual thing going on right now, and people yeah. don't see it. It's a, it's, it's a level of wickedness and a spirit that's out there that people don't see, and it's yeah. pervading society, and we've got to call it out. Yep, yeah, I, I agree, and it has come with privilege. It has come with position. Um, people putting things in place for different agendas they had for different countries and people groups and, um, you know, I, 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 I'm not a, not necessarily a Malcolm X or a um, Black Panther fan. Um, you know, I think there are other ways to solve some of those issues. You know, Martin Luther King, for example, Jr. But they did highlight some stuff like the introduction of drugs into African-American communities as a way to curb the culture. And introducing free abortions and uh, those whole range of things, and to 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 look at that and not just go, yeah, you know what, yeah, that looks like that could have happened, is just silly not to be able to do it. Because we saw the same thing in Australia, uh, where people would come in and just take young Aboriginal children, boys and girls, off their parents and just give them into foster care, um, adoption, church-run adoption places. Uh, they just they just did that. We had we uh, an entire generation um, fractured from families. The entire generation fractured from families. Every child that they could get their hands on. So to say that, and that was government led, uh, because they wanted to um, water down the Aboriginal people and and remove their culture. Because at that stage they didn't believe that that was a valid culture. So. To, to look and think that at the same time that level of thinking wasn't happening here is very, very silly. So, you know, we have to, we have to be able to look at that and go, you know, man, that stuff just went on. We gotta, we gotta make sure that stuff doesn't happen again. And we can only do that together. I heard a gentleman on, on some, some social media, an African American gentleman, he was probably the most articulate, um, talking about the issue, the role of the Democrats in the past, the whole, whole way he looked at it of, of you know, blacks on the Democratic plantation. Now they've moved on from blacks to Latino and that's yep. what's happening at the border. It was, very, it was very interesting hearing it from his point of view um, and 
talked about George W. as a globalist as opposed to a Republican, and here we've finally got a Republican, and this is what's happening in the inner cities. And it all came out of the whole thing with Baltimore. It's like, okay, let's look at this, $28 billion over 15 years, and it's a rat-infested, you know, shithole, I think our president called it. Um, and it's like, just looking at it statistically, looking at it fiscally, all right, after $28 billion or whatever it is, and yet it's still one of the worst in the nation, yet it's had more money poured into it, you have to ask yourself, what happened to the money? Now, that isn't a race question or a blue or red question. That's just a human question, a logical question. And to reduce now to bring that out as a race issue, you've got to ask, why do people who insist on making that a race issue? I'm not necessarily saying that, that President Trump, you know, oh, the guy's a, he's a protagonist. You know, he is, he is definitely going to poke whatever wasp next available. Maybe there was another way to put it, but at least he highlighted the issue. To then turn around and call this an issue of a, some sort of race statement, I, I just, it's illogical. Um, it's just illogical. And I would say that be it a blue thing or a red thing is just as a reflection on the statement. Well, that's, you, that's how they do it. You know, they have to classify hardcore issues like this as racist. Uh, and that's why I'm glad that during the Democrat debates, they actually they actually brought up the issue of the Flint water crisis because again, we're talking yeah. about a failing infrastructure, moral decadence, the Democrat plantation. I mean, uh, it's it's very true. You know, they realized that probably, they realized that Af- they realized that African Americans within America became aware of how the Democrats have been screwing them for for forever, <laughs> essentially yeah. since like the the party decided to flip. And then now, well, they, they have to get a whole new voting block. They have to get in people from El Salvador. They have to get in people from Cueva. They have to get in people from uh, Nicaragua. They have to get in people from Iran, Sudan. They have to get people in uh, from Nigeria, all a, a completely different yep. voting cast so that they can brainwash them, keep them. As uh, Was it President Lyndon B. Johnson that said he was going to keep those inwards ble- uh, voting Democrat for, for hundreds of years? I forget which. Yep. I forget which president it was, but I'll that was the plan. Was, and now that we're on yeah. the back end of that, people are waking up and they need a whole new crop to carry out this agenda, you see, because there are traitors within our government who are selling out our country who do not want to see us be great, who do not want to see America go forward into the future. They, they want to see us collapse. And so like a cancer or like a parasite, they're coming in here intentionally radicalizing the weaker willed ones and then bringing over the population that they're going to con- uh, uh, control us with or, or, or substitute us with. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And, and that's it's, it. And, you know, um, whatever, whatever nation or whatever term it is, uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know, man, it's, you guys have got the sensibility for it, but if they call you a nigger in South Africa, they called it Kaffa. In Australia, it was abo or boom because boom was the sound they made when they hit you with the bull bar at the front of your truck. So, and you know, and so, and so, or gook in Asia, and so it goes on. Whatever these derogatory terms it is, that the fact is there is a, a sense by a group that believes that those people, because normally a political or economic station, are also mentally inept. And I, I just don't think that's the case. The challenge that we're seeing with the migration issue is one of deliberate social engineering, very similar to what was practiced in the 60s and 70s around the world, 
by whatever elite ruling class. And this is the thing. The elite, elite ruling class is viewed as um, Caucasian white in, uh, in America or Australia or in England or India. But if you're in Africa, the elite ruling class that was happening there was black. In Asia, it was Pol Pot. So it's not an issue of race. And they don't, they, you know, it's like Black Lives Matter. How, I just don't know how well that's going to go down in Iceland. You know what I mean? It sort of loses its, you know, whatever. So, so <laughs> no, it's like, you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's like, it's just meaningless words for some sort of other marketed agenda. And so by this slur of, they, they, people get, they, they accuse whoever it is of being xenophobic, but yet they weren't in, in I had friends in Africa that came up under, um, um, a, a, a over there and came up under, you know, what was happening in Ethiopia and in Kenya and Nigeria. And I was involved as a child with Laos and Vietnam with the people there. So it's a, it's a mentality of control and a construct that wants to oppress yes. for a series of non-stated agendas. And I think finally people are waking up to think, you know what, man? This isn't about some little black sambo or little boong little little curry slave or little kappa. It's not about that. It's about these people worldwide have had this this thought that they should have an ability to hold down and oppress. And you know, I I I think that's what people are finally waking up. Hopefully, if they will get past what's currently so loud and vocal and start to think um, about why would this happen. In a, in a roundabout way, we're talking about uh, eugenics and social engineering because yep. that's it's a formula. They take it. It's a, it's like a cookie-cutter formula. They could use it here. They could use it in uh, Sweden. They could use it in Europe. They could use it in Africa. They could use it in Asia. They take the same formula, and they figure out what's the best way uh, to yep. to psychologically lobotomize somebody or to put them in a, into a position to where yep. they don't fight. They understand that if they can – say derogatory terms, if they can say detrimental things to essentially disarm and dis deactivate people, well, then, heck, half the battle's done right there. And so from then on yeah. out, all they have to do is institute the next part of the programming. And so that's what I was trying to mention beforehand by saying the weaker-willed people uh, that are taking part yeah. in this subversion plot that, that, that America is undergoing. But here's what's going to happen, ladies and, gang, ladies and gentlemen, because this is a powerful first segment. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll get into more of this stuff, like the Democratic uh, Plantation, the moral decadence. And if we can, uh, we'll get into stuff like Jeffrey Epstein's Pedogate, uh, as well as Dr. John A. A. King's efforts to help keep kids safe. Uh, so, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction and Dr. John A. King on Fellowship and Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed 
to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Spend lives and share truth. Freedom Faction, out. Salutations, my friends. Have you heard of Shilajit? Well, to be quite honest, neither had I. But then I started doing some research and I found out that it was part of the Hindu Ayurvedic system of medicine. And for hundreds of years since its discovery, it's had the potential to help people live a healthy and balanced life. Here, let me read off some of the benefits for you guys. It increases your energy, boosts your libido, balances your mood, supports healthy aging, decalcifies your pineal gland, and we all understand how important that is, supports healthy brain health. Uh, it also helps regulate your hormones. There are so many benefits to taking this that I cannot put them in this single video. You can mix it in with tea. Uh, I like to mix it in with my pre-workout in the morning and be careful, it's gonna give you that boost. It's going to give you that energetic boost you need to get through your day. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction. I stand firm for our soil. Liquor, I come for us.
thinks bomb like bomb like my brain thinks bomb like bomb like bomb like my brain thinks bomb like beware of our appetite And we are back. That's right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for being a part of history while we try to make sense of all the craziness that's going on. Uh, but enough about me. We are actually joined oh. by a fantastic guest, Dr. John A. King. My friend, how are you? Good, mate. Very, very good. And I like what you're saying in the break. Too bad we can't play any of that because it would be censored by someone. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Well, it's, just sit there it's, just it's, <laughs> we were just giving a a, a political and psych, psychological breakdown of uh, the people known as Antifa is the simplest way to tell you the audience. We're talking about how they are chicken neck and just the the how they're the archetypal '90s kids who played uh, Xbox, who played GameCube, who played all that stuff when they were kids, but they never grew up. And yet they still blame their mommy and their daddy for never bringing their Mountain Dew or never getting that case of Mountain Dew. And so these are the people that we're dealing with. We are literally dealing uh, with second generation spoiled individuals who don't understand the, 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 dec- the moral decadence that they're engaged in and how what they're doing is detrimental not only to themselves but to their future and to their family. And so that's, that's the psychological profile of people like Antifa. I mean... <laughs> They are ridiculous. It's true, it's true mate. It's true. I, know. I look at what happened in Berkeley just last week where they banned all white people from going on campus. Now, just reverse it. If, if a whole bunch of Caucasians got together and banned black people from going on campus, that would be called white supremacy and racism. Yet somehow we've managed to convince ourselves that we reverse the role and we're actually starting a social movement. It's just blind BS. It's just there's no part of that whole demonstration that has any logic to it whatsoever. You know, that can't be seen as some sort of racist thing, you know? Well, to tie this into what we were talking about in the first segment, you know, learning from history and just hearing you say that, it's like, did they not understand that an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind? And I can understand where they're coming from ideologically, saying, oh, this race did this to this race, so we're going to do it to this race. It's like, yes, I hear that. But in doing so, they don't understand how they're perpetuating the very same hate that they're supposed to be obstructing and liberating us all from. And that's the problem. Instead of pointing out the hate like we were talking about in the first segment, learning from the brokenness, learning from the darkness, they're perpetuating it. And that's what's so so problematic about all this is people can't see that. And, and that's, um, you're, you're absolutely right. But just think of how many times in our lives as people we've had to deliberately walk away from uh, addressing something for the larger good, for something bigger than that. And I, I think just we, at some point we've got to put 
you know, we've got to put it down and work towards, let's have a conversation. Instead of barring people of, you know, white colour from coming on a campus, why don't we have a morning where we have a conversation and talk about building a future? Surely that is far yes. more productive. Um, and anyone would want to sit. And if, and if people don't want to sit and do that, then that really shows and locates them. Um, and, uh, you know, but we seem to have lost civility or a desire yes. to have, you know, um, well, good this, this is where you're talking. This is where you're talking about as well uh, during the break. How the Bible talks about us living in this age of lawlessness, and that's where I feel like we're at these days. When you have people who are who have been intentionally radicalized by misinformation, uh, people who 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 can't internalize facts, who can't hear information without reacting emotionally, they have no self-discipline, no self-awareness, uh, no 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 understanding of the individual and so they're just susceptible to all the things that are going on externally and so yeah when they see all this chaos going on they're going to take part in it and that's what that's that's again what's part of the problem is no understanding of self i'm just going to react to everything that's out there and if you don't react with me well then you're part of the problem and so <laughs> that yep. that to me is just dangerously dangerously scary dangerously yep, ignorant. i agree I agree, brother, very, very much. I agree. But but because this is the generation that I feel this is my generation. <laughs> I'll have to deal with this yep. forever until one of us is dead in the grave. Uh, but to switch gears a little bit, you are trying to keep the kids safe. You are raising awareness, you know, about things uh, like human trafficking, like Pedalgate, uh, and and like child sex abuse. You know, recently Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, all of, all of the information coming out surrounding Jeffrey Epstein is like a hot potato right now, and that's a whole separate thing. Uh, but if we could, let's get into you know some of yeah. your efforts regarding anti-human trafficking uh, and some of the things that you speak on regarding child sex abuse and more. Sure, mate. I think um, so. We're all getting surprised, and we're people are still stumbling around and to a degree, not wanting to admit that it's possible that Epstein had ties to very high members um, of elite financial communities and politics. But what's, what is surprising is how unaware Americans seem to be of what's happened in the rest of the world in the last 20 years. We've, we've seen national uh, you know, royal commissions into institutional sexual abuse uh, by, by churches, by government groups, by scouts, by politicians in Australia. Um, in England, for 20 years, the last 20 years, they've been uncovering things. Ireland has been the same. Scotland has been the same. And every one of those at the very top end of the financial and entertainment industry have been these, you know, I don't want to use the term cabal because it's getting misused as well, but these organized groups of people that seem to congregate around the defiling of the young and the vulnerable and so to believe that to, to try and tell ourselves that somehow this is not happening and hasn't happened for years and years and years in america is just naive and stupid um, at, a, at a fundamentally surprising level you know we we deal with broken humanity in america you know we are a nation trying to be great we are not necessarily a great nation in terms of morality i'm not trying to you know, have a dig at a country I love very much, but to believe that somehow this fallen nature does not exist here 
is just a misnomer. Epstein is literally um, the, um, the the case that we were involved in was the guy who took over from the Epstein network. So we became aware that he was dealing with the same groups of people, and that evidence is you know in with the authorities, and there's a whole range of other things that will that I can't talk about that will fall down um, that I've that I've been made aware of um, that'll that'll cascade out over the next couple of years if it's not squashed um, through misinformation. So, so your network, yep, go on. Your network has had involvement with uh with actually helping track and stop Epstein's uh Epstein's involvement. Your your guys' network has had involvement with that. Um, um, that would that would be a bit grandiose for the role we played, um, but we were made we were made aware of it, and we were made aware of the people that once he basically was forced out of that position, another someone else stepped in to take over the flights down to the Bahamas and Haiti and to take over their involvement with the political elite that are tied in with um, Epstein. So the network never stopped, um, and it was an international network. Um, in Europe and in um, the Middle East and in America. So it was an international network, and it just kept on going. Uh, Epstein was a hiccup in the road. The challenge with Epstein is if they turn him, uh, he, it's going to be the start, the beginning of the end um, in terms of a lot of things for a lot of people, and that's why people are running scared and people are you know, no longer showing up for their public speaking engagements, etc., etc. So... Uh, but what we saw happen there was the whole Pizzagate um, false flagging of the thing. And there, there's, there's too much evidence that sits around it. And the laptop was a reality. Uh, the New York police have now finally come out and been able to talk about that. We knew about that. So there's all those things that sit around it that, that these things are very real things that at some point we're going to have to face uh, the dark nature or dark spots on our soul. And this other stuff that's going on is really just... Whenever I see like an Antifa thing happen or something else happen, I ask myself, why is that happening now and what is it What is it trying to shield or draw attention away from? Because most yes. people are like squirrel. They're like little beagles. So whenever I see something happening, and unfortunately be like the El Paso or whatever, and I'm not, I'm not speaking to that, um, but you know, in terms of... The realities of it, or whatever, but it's just like okay. So what's happening there? Yeah. So you know, three days ago, four days ago, they've reopened the 9/11 commission. Um, it's reopened. Yep. Because because, because the explosives. evidence points. Yeah. Because the evidence has always pointed to it, and so none of that has been discussed in the news. We've got a brief snippet. Then all of a sudden, these other things are happening around the country. It's like, hey, hang on, hang on. If 9-11 was planned, planted explosives, now this is tragic what's happening, but what does this speak to? And, um, you know, we have to be out there, you know, uh, horrible things in the last week, um, horrible tragedies, but the greater tragedy is what was covered up. Why? And why was that covered up? Um, and that, then that becomes the questions that we have to ask, you know? Precisely, so you know, think... it's like if it's like if we look at the just just even as an example, if we look at what happened with nine eleven and how we have mass shootings every day, if we can't get to the source of this one traumatic event, it's like a scar on American history. If we can't get to the source of that and show how that was organized, then all of these other events 
they they won't make sense. You see, and so that's just, if anything, the symbolic understanding of how this all works. We have to get to the root to understand how all this chaos yeah. unfolded. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Just have an honest conversation about it. Okay, so that happened. Wow, we need to clean house because if we did, if we did actually accept why that happened and ask ourselves a second series of questions, then the people who were involved in it are still alive and they're still in positions of power. And we would look at having to take a serious hard look at a, a change in, in how we do things, not so much a governmental change because I believe our constitution is fair and valid, but getting back to our constitution and saying, okay, well then there's yes. this, we need to put, you know, 10,000 people uh, on trial for treason. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say, you know, that's what I was alluding to uh, at the start of the show. Whenever I was saying that we weren't evil enough for Hillary Clinton, uh, we still had some people that wanted good right, good in our country. Uh -huh. And that's the choice that's before us right now. You know, we can either continue to let this type of stuff go unnoticed or we can start calling it out. You know, start saying that these people need to be arrested. These people need to need to be indicted. Like this is not something that needs to be swept up. Think about the levels of collusion that's involved here. You know, you have it, 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 it literally starts at the county and it goes all the way up to the highest levels of government. And if people don't understand why this needs to be called out, why we need to exercise or, or, or surgically remove this tumor in us, that's why we're that's yeah. why we're living like this. This is not normal. Yeah. We should not be using an entire segment to talk about uh, moral decadence, mass shootings. Uh, we didn't. We don't. I, I'm. We didn't even talk about drug usage and how that's part of it as well. We're, in, in this segment, we're getting into like child sex abuse. This is not normal. It's because of the people at the top, the world that they've created, and the values that have been instilled in us just passively to to tolerate this type of stuff. And so, if we don't point it out, how can we ever get to the other side? Yep. Absolutely, mate. That's very well said. It's very true. Very, very true. But you, if if you could, you know, you uh, the, the yeah. last time that we had talked, you uh, you 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 notified us about how you had created a system uh, to make people aware of the pedophiles that are in people's area, kind of like kind of like a not like an amber alert system or like a predator alert system. Uh, but what are your thoughts regarding all of these pedophile arrests and even stuff like uh -huh. like uh, it's like drag queen story time? Because you have, I'm, I'm sure you understand that there are child sex offenders that go to these events. Uh, so what are your thoughts on yeah. increased pedophilia and things like drag queen story time? We, um, when, when the LGBT movement, and it's really highlighted with the whole Weinstein and the Kevin Spacey disparity. And I was telling people for a couple of years before that, be very aware that the P is the next thing that's going to try and get into the LGBT movement. And when, when we get Weinstein, which, you know, we made a, Big deal about Weinstein, and, and probably rightly so. Uh, but he, he was also a little bit of a false flag. Kevin Spacey got away with abusing hundreds and hundreds yes. of, of teenage boys, and we mentioned this last time, I believe, lined up outside of his trailer, and then decided that to justify it, he came out and said, oh, well, I'm gay, which is probably the worst thing that could have happened to the homosexual movement. Um, and the, the guy that we headed up, I mean, forget the name of the homosexual magazine at the time came out and said listen we disown this you know this just isn't right but we've pushed it so far now with the whole drag queen thing and all that that 
that people are afraid to say no in the whole transgender bathroom thing. But we're starting to get a pushback because we've got men who have decided to become women now winning Olympic awards or positions on Olympic teams. And it's just not logical. It's a Y and an X chromosome. So we've pushed all that and now we're pushing the pedophilia thing, which says, look, it's I had sex with um, him. He was 16-year-old, but then I'm identifying as a 13-year-old. So it's okay because love knows no age. And um, oh, that sounds God. great when you're... 70 and you're falling in love with a 50 year old love knows no age but when you're 30 and you're having sex with a 13 year old because you've convinced them it's okay and now we've got there was a there was a recent group passed in los angeles and i believe also in ut down here in texas where they talked about the sexual stimulation of newborn babies and toddlers as being something that should be embraced and not and is not damaging for them and there was also recently um, a court ruling passed that the naked images of children, a, ch a child can be looked on naked, and as long as they're not touched, then no damage is done to that child, which is a ruling that now allows the child pornography and the sharing of naked images of children. So this is all happening in America. And... Um, we just need to understand that that will include whoever's listening there, your children. Naked pictures of your children can be taken off the internet and used to be masturbated to and circulated around the world. 55% um, of all child pornography images come from the United States of America. And when we wrote Keeping Kids Safe, and that manual is available at our website, drjohnaking.com, if they go to the shop, they'll see a book there. It's about 24 pages or so called Keeping Kids Safe. If they enter the term freedom as a coupon for your listeners, then they can download that. And that goes through how does, how does a child get groomed? How can you identify those grooming? What can you do? What actions as a parent can you take to help keep your kids safe in this day and age? And it, we put it together as a resource because... No matter how many podcasts I found myself doing or how many phone calls I was taking, I just couldn't get the information to them. Um, we just dealt with a lady, my wife did on the phone extensively, uh, with a, a young, a mother of a young lady who's 13 or 14, um, who was in a low spot, ended up sending some nudes. Actually, she's now 16 or 17. Um, she sent, sent some nudes to someone at school. Um, and apparently this young man is in a habit of doing things. And the young girl was suicidal. So um, Melissa managed to get involved and help that family talk that through and take a, a plan on how to do it. But if you're not preparing your kids for that, or if your preparation is just making sure they never have a cell phone, you're not preparing them for the world in which they've been born. So we really have to be proactive and start stepping up as parents and educating our kids on a reality that we never had to face. And I'll be sure uh, to put that link in the description bar below because I'm going to get myself one, and I feel like it's imperative sure, that people understand the days the, the, the days that we're in. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said it like that because we did we did do an entire show uh, where we talked about keeping kids safe and and what is going on. You know, with internet grooming, uh, just to kind of correlate what we're talking about yeah. now to what we talked about in the first segment. Uh, we were talking about Kyle's and the Xboxes and the Mountain Dew and how they were reprogramming uh, 
essentially my entire generation's brains to create Antifa. This generation's re- re- mental reprogramming brainwash kit, it's, it's the smartphone usage. There's studies that are coming out that it's, that it's as bad as cocaine. You know, and if you mm-hmm. if you add things like Snapchat and Instagram on there, that's the hypersexualization of children as well. They're not being taught things like science, technology, uh, engineering, mathematics. They're not being taught these things. They're being told that if you want to succeed, sexualize yourself and then become like a a, a, a sex object. And that's what's very dangerous. You know, to, to again bring it back to this segment, talking about the drag queen story time. That's what's so dangerous about this, about the pedophilia, about the transgenderism. I mean. Y- I grew up with people saying you shouldn't teach children Christianity or you shouldn't teach religion. You shouldn't force that onto someone. But, you know, fast forward to 2019 and we have child sex offenders literally asking kids to come sit on their lap because they dressed up as somebody else. It's like, so hold on now. Are we supposed to promote this this guy that's disassociating from reality, has multiple personality disorder, or the fact that this guy's trying to have sex with children? Either way, it's it's disgusting. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's it's wrong. Yeah, and we it need is. to call it out for no- what it is. Yeah, and a normal person would find it offensive. A normal person in the gay movement would find it offensive. There was a, a lady, a, a lesbian advocate. I was watching her response. She was recently booted off the board of a very large national LGBT movement because she said, listen, um, this person walking in who was a man who is now claiming to be a trans woman, this is violating all of my female spaces, my bathroom, my shower, my gym, um, you know. So, really, we've we've got to we've got to start to take hold. So, I think they've pushed it too far, and we're going to start to get some pushback. And um, what's surprising is the lack of a little bit like the AOC and the cohorts and the anti antifa the refusal to make an anti antifa statement. When people won't come out and say that a convicted uh, pedophile, child sex offender, who is now posing as a drag queen to host um, 11-year-old and 13-year-old girls sleepovers, that there's not something wrong with that. Uh, they're identifying and locating themselves. And it is, it is starting, people are going to start to get a ruckus now and feel like they don't have to be silent and inclusive. That's not inclusive. It's barbaric what these people are proposing to do to children. It is it is barbaric on any level to start a sex change operation on an eight-year-old child. And yet we've got that in England and we've had it legislated and passed here in America. So, yeah, you know, this, this we past, need to be... Yeah. No, this, yeah. this past so, episode, but, I just talked about how uh, sex change operations are up in the UK for children as young as 14. Like teenagers yeah. are going into sex in, in the these sex change operation places asking for it, and I just find that so mind blowing. Yeah, it's it's just it beats common sense. Anyone who, any woman who was a, a a young girl didn't feel comfortable with her breasts at thirteen or fourteen. Same with a young boy, you know. So for some reason, something that was prescribed as a mental illness, um, you know, ten years ago is now called diversity and inclusion. It's, you know, again, we've lost our mind. And look, I, you know, it's a, fine. It's, yeah, anyway, we agree. Un, Sorry, no, go, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're I'm fine. Over well, to you, brother. <laughs> it's you know, it's because, the same thing. It's, well, you, yep. you work with the kids. 
that suffer some of these traumatic experiences. And this is what leads me to think about mental and emotional health and why it truly is like an epidemic these days. Uh, a lot of the things that people don't talk about relating to uh, the drag queen story time and transgenderism is how some of these children, uh, how they themselves have been abused as children whenever they were younger. And yeah. so instead of breaking yeah. that cycle, instead of exposing uh, the injustice that was done to them, they perpetuate the very same thing that was done to them. And now, because of where we're at in the future, like you just said, they consider that inclusive. They consider that diverse. They consider that open-minded. It's like, don't call out the evil that was done to them. No, accept it, embrace it, and then go do it to others. And that's, that's sick. That's wickedness in its, in its, in its purest yeah. form. Yeah, I, I agree, AJ. I think it, again, I think at some point um, we, we need to draw a moral line in the sand. You know, I, I look at the first opening phrases of the, the Torah and it says that God spoke and brought order to chaos. And that seems to be the nature of the divine. It seems to be the predisposition of humanity is to try and bring chaos to the divine order of things. And that's why I look around at what we're doing now, and it's like, so all this is just chaos that that lost humans are stirring up because they have no real purpose. And you know, a man or a woman without a vision will always return to their past, or so they'll they'll throw off restraint. They've got a generation that has no vision and purpose for their life, throwing off restraint, and um, they're, they're yes. living for nothing. They're, they're, they're living for nothing. They have no self value. They have no self worth. But you know, young men today, um, if they're, you know, they they feel devalued as men, so therefore they've got to become feminists, or they've got to become women. So you know, like Bruce Jenner and his wife, who was also a guy, have declared themselves lesbians. They're now they're now not transgender. They're now in a lesbian relationship. And they're wanting to adopt a child through a surrogate. It's like, ah, uh, okay, wow. Yeah, I, you know, I, I really don't <laughs> even know what to say to some of this stuff. It's like that. People read it. I just. And they go, oh, that's that's so brave. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, so that is so courageous. Wow. So courageous. Very avant-garde. Yeah, way to way to bring in the future. So it was very unavoidable. I guess I'm just so confused because it's like it's like we're all it's like it's like Halloween every single day, and that's what I find dangerous. It's like everybody just wants to be something else other than human. Nobody wants to be normal. Nobody wants to be like a badass human being. They just want to be you know they want to be some some alien from Galaplaxius Nine or. You know, some some <laughs> dragon from from uh, middle evil Britain, or you know, yeah, I don't, from I don't know, man. No, people are so crazy these days that it it really does make me worry. Uh, you know, this, this is like three percent of the population, right? We are catering the yeah. majority, like we're we're catering yeah. politics, the majority of the entire country to three percent of the population. And if you don't think that three percent is going to increase due to all this programming, like audience, you're not paying attention. Yeah. And I think like that's that's what's so crazy about it. To touch on what you're talking about, uh, bringing order to chaos, and how, uh, how how our generation, I'm 27, how we don't necessarily have like a real purpose other than the one that they're trying to give to us. And that's what's so dangerous is people aren't learning 
themselves. They're not seeing the time frame, looking at the writing on the wall, developing different senses, uh, looking inward to find the answers. They're, they're, they're reacting to certain things and then fighting the, finding the decisions there. And that's what's dangerous is these are, these are pre-programmed responses. These are pre-programmed uh, outcomes. And they're expecting, and if anything, at some point in time, actually profiting off of our ignorance. And that's why we need to call mm-hmm. it out. But if you have people who, who, who are hopped up on all kinds of drugs, who are disassociating from reality, who, who, who want to get that Xbox gamer score up, they're not going to know what's happening to themselves or to, or, or to society. Again, like none of this is normal. Um, and, and to again, just touch on this because I, 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 I don't want to sound like I'm a jerk or, or a bigot or a xenophobe or any of this type of stuff. I just think people should understand that this is not normal. <laughs> like we should, we should not be talking about how pedophiles want access to your children, uh, about, about yeah. people who willingly dress up as, a, as someone else who call themselves a completely different name and then say they want to carry out disgusting acts that they know is wrong in, in another name. Like that's, that's what's crazy. They're consciously yeah. conducting this level of deceptive evil. Yeah. And that's the thing, mate. Like if these people didn't know it was wrong, then they wouldn't be fighting so hard to move it from a fringe to the mainstream because they know it's not going to be publicly accepted. Um, you know, unfortunately, more and more it is. And I think that's what we tried to do with um, um, with the keeping keep safe whole point and, and why I wrote it coming out of the Epstein thing and our work in that circle was that it really comes down to adults taking responsibility for, for stopping human trafficking with their own children in their own neighbourhood. And I think, again, we've got to understand that it is not the police job, the government job, to keep our families safe and provide for our families. It's our job to do it. And, um, you know, for both men and women. But I feel particularly for men. I really feel that um, in our society, in our community, as men, we should be caring for the fatherless, for the widows, for stepping up where we can and bridging a gap. And I, I think, you know, like, like, a, like a girl can take discipline from a mother well, but a boy won't take discipline from a mother well. And unless boys, boys are getting disciplined from strong, good role models as men, then we end up getting the sort of statistics we have in jails and of crime in our community and of suicide. So I think there really is a call at times like this to guys to... You know, Liam Nelson the the fuck up and like become that sort of weapon. For, oh, sorry, I cussed on the show. And become that sort of weapon that people take a second look before they'll enter into their neighbourhoods and do something to children. Um, Would you so, say that it is a lack of masculinity within society that, that that's bred this? I think it's the shaming of masculinity, and I think that's been a deliberate... Look, I understand that, you know, in the 60s and 70s and maybe even the 80s and 90s, you know, people were whatever, you know, not the 90s, but there is no such thing as a glass ceiling anymore. Uh, Women are getting paid as much, if not more, in the different areas and spheres. There will never be equal pay um, for things like... Look at the soccer thing. Okay, so people are coming out going, blah, 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 women's soccer is not getting paid as much as men. Okay, great. That's because women's soccer is only watched one twentieth of the amount of men's soccer. 
So it's purely a financial thing. So it's not, this is not a gender issue. This is a financial issue. You know, it's monodic. All these women haters are around there refusing to watch women's soccer. I, I don't want to watch women's soccer. I just don't want to. Or women's basketball. I just don't want to watch it. So don't, don't call it sexist. You know, it's like, so we've had to jump off on that. And even the, even the jobs and the nature of jobs that are held now, it's it's not, um, it's just, you know, Peterson did a very good series of interviews on on this so-called gender wage gap and the glass ceiling, and it's not, it's really just not there anymore. I believe it was, but I really do believe that our society in general has overcome a lot of those issues, and unfortunately, it swung back the other way. And I've got some friends that are very female friends that are very high up in corporate America that are actually seeing it go the other way, is that women are not being hired for positions now because they're women, because of the Me Too movement. And because at a drop of a hat, any woman can make an accusation about a man and hashtag believe her. I I recently made a post about an an Indian actor um, that just had the case overturned because the wife fabricated everything. And what they did was to give her... Um, or the girlfriend or whatever, they gave her the sentence that would have been his. And now you do that once or twice and it's going to stop that rubbish and maybe we'll get back to having a real conversation. But again, um, you know, no one wants to trust and verify. No one wants to verify. And, um, you know, same with this you think other these, With these movements that, that I, I guess I call them like hate movements, you know, fire movements, however you want to call them, do you think these social pressure movements, do you think they actually denigrated or or uh, brought down the importance or the value of some of these actual issues that do need to be brought up like in, in modern yeah. society like the yeah I do like, I agree like, like, yeah like for you know like the LGBTQP agenda like that's that's a whole different thing uh, but because you know it, it gets misused some of the issues and some uh-huh. of the realities surrounding these things it does it goes unwashed uh, with the Me Too movement, the actual sexual abuse that goes on, because it's it's not addressing real sexual abuse, real uh, you know, real corp, real workplace uh, uh, sexual harassment. Again, people just kind of throw this label on it, and then they shame people, or they use social pressure into getting people into doing these things. Do you think that's the case? I think, unfortunately, in some of the cases, it, it has it's become the standard and the norm. Um, so we, we have these, you know, the Me Too movement, for example. We have these people, these failed actresses who accepted and committed sexual favours. Now, it's a difference that if you're being held down and physically raped as opposed to agreeing to go to someone's hotel suite who is the producer and the large director in a company and being told you need to have sex with me to get this part and agreeing to have sex to get that part and then your career comes to nothing in four or five years' time and then calling that um, rape. Now, it was a misuse of power and it was a power dynamic, but that's not rape or sexual abuse. You can't, you can't because there was a moral collapse on behalf of probably both people. You can't put that in the same basket as um, sexual abuse or rape or human trafficking. It's just not, it waters down everything. The same with the case with the transgenderism. You know, I don't believe in, you know, going out like people did or used to or sometimes do and just beating the daylights out of someone because they're, they're gay. Now, if someone, a guy decides to sleep with a guy, a woman, a woman, 
so be it. It's their moral choice and their, you know, that moral choices have consequences and, and, and all those sorts of things. That, but that is still their choice. It's still the same thing, mate, running around. If you choose to lock your junk off and decide to turn it into a vagina, well, have at it. But that doesn't mean it's socially acceptable or you have the right to try and convince my children that they should be participating in it. So, and that's yes. the damage is now, now people are going, well, screw you, buddy. I've got no tolerance for you whatsoever. Um, this drag queen thing, so mate, forget it. All of you guys, all of you folks are exactly the same. So there could be people with genuine um, identity issues that need help and need to get through this at some point or some way. Um, um, but now they're swept along with a drag queen who, who's a sex offender. You know, it's, um, it's unfortunate. And then the response is to go back the other way and now everyone's got to be out there worshipping the pride flag and it's got to have height over the American flag. It's like, and people look at that and they go, well, that's extreme. I'm not buying into any of this crap. Screw everybody. So again, we've moved off the base of having a sensible conversation about people's ability to lose, live their life and make people end up losing their life. Yeah, we, we, we can't live in extremes like this. It's not healthy. Uh, you know, and that, I, I, again, these people do need actual help. Some of them are willingly choosing this, and I think that, that there's a case for looking at that as well. Um, but all these issues require, like, a sensible, logical, rational approach instead of the, the, the radical extremist ideologies that are being promoted on us today. And I feel like that's, that's why a lot of people get lost in translation. When something's forced, immediately we're going to reject it. Uh, but people have to casually come up to these things themselves but another thing we are casually coming up against is a break that's right ladies and gentlemen <laughs> you are on with dr john a king and ej clinton fellowship of freedom <laughs> i know right and we will be right back <laughs> right after this don't go anywhere <laughs>
Dr. John A. King is our guest, and he joins us on this Power Pact edition. Mr. King, how are you? Hey, mate. Good, mate. Very, very good indeed. Very, very good indeed. We were talking. Thanks for having me on we again, just- man. Good to chat to you. Oh, th- thank you for hearing us talk about uh, gender-bending chemicals that, that, that mess with alligators and meth alligators. Thank you for joining us as we, we <laughs> talk about the most ridiculous things here on this edition. <laughs> Perfect. I want to read real quick the uh, the description about your Give Them a Voice Foundation, and then we'll get into stuff. We'll get into that. Uh, the veteran suicide prevention, keeping kids safe, and more. Uh, but you guys can find this on Dr. John A. King's website. The purpose of Give Them a Voice is to give a voice to those who do not have one, to educate those who do not know, to defend those who who cannot defend themselves. Their mission is to establish a collective of skilled individuals and cooperating organizations to address the epidemic of childhood sexual abuse and human trafficking utilizing traditional and emerging technologies, and to also uh, to engage in a to engage as broad an audience as possible in a conversation about the true nature and prevalence of uh, prevalence of post traumatic stress disorder in our society with the aim of developing a simple comprehensive model that will be validated by a reduction in the rate of veteran suicides and with that being said, Dr. King, you were working on a vet- a veteran suicide prevention program is that correct yeah we've we've recently formed something called the p d s d collab and um, it, there's a lot of really good groups doing a lot of really diverse things and have a lot of really diverse methodologies, and they're all in these independent silos. So our approach is a little bit more like the Mayo Clinic. We think if we can get enough enough people to the table to have an open and honest and sharing conversation about the technologies and tools they have, that we'll be able to um, shorten the cycle that it takes to address this situation. We've gone from 21 a day, now up to 30 a day. And um, we've got more people coming back than ever before, um, highly skilled, highly trained individuals that are facing, that are seeing things that other people have never seen. Very few people have ever seen, even in the theaters of war. Um, and they are, they are struggling. And we, we need to be retooling and readdressing some of those things, but not as a separate organization. But really, our aim is to form a collaborative. And um, recently, we've just we've just launched a thousand websites to help promote these ideas nationwide or geolocated. And we're about to launch another nine thousand in the coming months. The idea being is is that because everyone searches off their phone, they can find information to help them wherever they're located. So it's a very big undertaking, and. Um, we're putting the infrastructure in place first, so then when we start to get people to add to it, the message can go out. For example, if we were to do a show on PTSD and addressing veteran suicide, instead of it being on a single location, on a single website, all of a sudden it's going to be found on 10,000 websites in 10,000 geolocations. So all of your voice, for example, that if we did a show on something like that, would be just amplified beyond anything that's currently available. And I'm, I'm not sure if you saw this, uh, but just this week there was an article that came out uh, talking about how airmen in the Air Force, the number the number of suicides of people who are in there right now, it's it's doubled. I think it's like 79 within the month of July, and that's like the the twice the number of suicides within the total of last year. And so these are people who are still 
active duty. These aren't even the people who have come yep. back. And so, yep. what, what are your thoughts on that? Is that is that institutional? Is that just the situation with the military? We're not taking care of our vets, or you know, what? What are your thoughts on that? I, I think um, I think it's part of the moral fabric and some of the challenges that are being faced by. Um, our military overseas and trying to understand the nature of the mission. I think that becomes clouded in a political situation. I want to, I'd like you to, with um, some sort of macabre um, interest, I, I, I unfortunately I want to predict that the biggest spike we're about to see in suicide is amongst our ICE officers and our DHS people in Border Patrol. That those people are feeling what um, our troops did when they came back from Vietnam. Um, that's that's my major concern, is to get ahead of not major concern. That's 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 inequitable to the rest of the situation. But I want to get ahead of that one, and if we can put some of our tech involved to get ahead of that, then it benefits everyone else. We're we're about to see we're about to see something horrible happen in those communities. The amount of stress that they're under, and the ridicule and the shame they feel because they're trying to do their best for for God and country is unparalleled um, to anything except, except, say, the Vietnam War. Well, I know there's there's also been, you know, uh, in New York, I think specifically, they've had at least uh, a dozen suicides in the past two weeks of, of, of police officers that are that are working. And so to me, that just makes me think, like, what is, is that really police how officers, bad? Police officers that are working and are all connected to a series of investigations. That's the next question, is what were those people working on and what connections did they have? I agree. I know, I know there are people like uh, Arkansas, <laughs> Arkansas, Arkansas, oh wow, I can't even say it. Arkansas State Senator, <laughs> Arkansarian Lin, uh, State Senator Linda Collins-Smith, who was actually recently murdered a few months ago because she was looking at human trafficking around the same time that uh, Hillary Clinton's brother was actually murdered as well. And so that that's a whole nother world that we don't know because some people are trying to do the right thing. And so that, that just makes me think is it is, is, is politics so detrimental to law enforcement and to, or, to law and order that it can literally have people who are supposed to be protecting and serving killing themselves. Is that like how bad the law truly is, or is that again part of that moral fabric uh, and that moral decadence? Oh, mate, I'd, I'd probably subscribe to something deeper and darker than that. We can have a chat at that offline. Um, I, I think there's, there's all of those people who are involved with the Epstein stuff and have been involved in human trafficking exposés, and they've seen things um, and they've become aware of things. And um, you know, you, the, the reach of these people is phenomenal. And people call me crazy or unbalanced, you know, if I talk about that stuff. It's just that I've seen it. I've seen the documents. Um, I've met. Well, I'll be. I'll be honest with you, John. I'm. I'm. I'm glad you brought this up, because I ref, I, ref, I referenced back to one of the very, very one of the first two few times you came on the show. I remember asking you the question of when you're when you're seeing some of the when you're rescuing some of these kids when you're when you're conducting these types of investigations. Are you seeing any occult symbols or any kind of any anything that's in that realm? I, I reference back to that episode all the time because people don't understand that there is a dark occult element to it, and I'm sure you've brushed up against it. 
Yeah, well, you, you do. It's, and, and the way they get around it now is they call it a, consp- a conspiracy theory is anything that someone's uncomfortable looking at. 9-11 was a conspiracy theory. Um, it was all a conspiracy theory up until two weeks ago when the nation's highest court, court said no. There's evidence that these buildings were blown up from the inside. Okay, so now what do we do with all the, you know, Google 9-11 conspiracy theories and you see the pages and pages of misinformation. Uh, you, you do the same with these sorts of things. Now, um, is there worship of Satan involved in all of the rituals and practices tied around with some of this pedophilia stuff? No, not every time. But there is an underlying um, underlying desire um, to just destroy something beautiful. And if you believe that that the devil is the father of liars and wants and, and is the Lord of the flies the defiler, then it's it's not a small on a theological sense. It's not a small uh, a big jump to go from well this guy is called the defiler and we've now got the deliberate destruction of innocent life. Um, that's a defiling of those things. You've got to if you believe in a spiritual world and something beyond what we touch, taste, and smell, then you know. He, the, the, the very God, little G, that associates himself proudly with defiling things, sure, he's a power that sits behind it. But then you, you know, you have to be at a point of being able to have a discussion about that. Oh, I am. I, we, we definitely are over here, and I do thoroughly believe you know, in a spiritual world. Yeah. The thing, the thing that um, was most devastating to me was was becoming aware of a videotape was shot in Russia of the sodomizing of a 10-month-old baby boy um, for $10,000 before being thrown into a trash can. You can't see stuff like that. You can never unsee that, never become unaware of it, and not think that something dark and nefarious is at play within the soul of a human being, that they would pay money, as little as $10,000, to watch a child be raped to death. It's just not... You see enough of this stuff, man, and you know there's a dark side to the force. Well, we, we touched on it briefly before, the forbidden sexuality that is pedophilia, the forbidden sexuality that is this transgenderism where you're, you're turning yourself into the opposing gender and, and, and everything that comes with that. You know, and we, again, touched on it before, it's the mental health, the mental emotional health of these individuals there the, and the, the psycho spiritual configuration that they have when they're dressing up as something else or putting on makeup, putting on all this, this different stuff, they are literally trying to have their in their, their external match their internal and internally you don't go around trying to dress as somebody else or something else every single day. When you do that, there is something else trying to take you over. And, and if you ask me, I, I know it sounds crazy. I'm more than willing to do that. Some of these, these, these drag queen story times, these are public rituals and they're inculcating the next generation. And that's why I have an mm-hmm. issue with it, is because it's not being called out for what it is. These people are dressing up as different, as, as essentially subalters, dis, uh, multiple personality disorders, satanic alters, however you want to look at it, and then they are vampirically preying on somebody in front of everybody. And, and the people that go to these events, they're enabling this type of behavior. And that's why it's so, so, so bad. They are conducting these open rituals dressing themselves up to, to, to resemble the internal way they feel 
only to psychically vampire themselves in front of everybody. And that's why this is so dangerous. Plain and simple. Yeah. Yep. I, 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 I can concur with that, man. It sounds, it sounds a lot like things that I've seen and become aware of. Um, well, I'm, not, I'm sure you've so. seen some of the footage. I'm sure you've seen some of the footage uh, of Jeffrey Epstein's uh, orgy island of, of where the Lolita oh. Express went. You know, there's an altar there. There are places there. People need to understand that there is a dark satanic element behind this. And I know they don't want to. Yeah. They don't want to admit that. But the sooner you understand who is who is who's who's doing this, who's promoting this, it's like Dr. King said, the defiler. This is not a righteous movement. This isn't something that's based in being wholesome or decent. They are trying, 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 trying. Hello? I know. I just. Whoop. I, I, this I know it, it, it sounds wild, but this is why I feel like it has to be talked about because again, uh, no one in their right mind would be wanting to run around and dress like hit the clown and touch children. No, no one in their right mind yeah. uh, would want to do that. But with the time that we have, uh, tell people a little bit more about the 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 keeping kids safe book that you put together uh, and other aspects of your give of give them a voice foundation. Yeah, we we. We, um, as I said a little bit earlier, both within the human trafficking space and within uh, veteran recovery, PTSD recovery, uh, and veteran suicide issues, uh, people are very siloed and focused on raising funds for their nonprofit. We, we, we're exactly the opposite. We're, we're in a place, thankfully, that we can look at being collaborative with people. And we are trying to position ourselves to help collaborate around things like human trafficking. There's a lot of good organizations out there there's a lot of pretenders and players as well. And so we want to work with the good ones to try and answer and address the issue in a collaborative sense because no one has the resources or the time or the energy or the intel or intelligence to address either of these two major issues by themselves. So we hope that by being collaborative, by, by being open sourced in all that we do and all that we have, that we can actually make a difference um, and take on a $150 billion crime industry and take on the, 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 the atrocities that is, you know, is death uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the, the angst that must be in the soul of someone that commits suicide. So we, we, we just believe that together we can do something. You know, really together, not just to pretend together, but we can link arms and get about making a difference in the lives of people that just need help, man, to be there for the, vo- the voiceless, to, to give them a voice and give them a voice to, to the voices, to the to the veteran who's dying in, in their shame and fear and just just don't know how to make move forward, to the to the child or and even the perpetrator who has come to a place of realizing that what they're doing is wrong and they want out. Now I know that we don't even want to acknowledge that. But I've I've met people, I've met people that have been in and got out and they realise that all they did was destroy thousands of lives. And they'll live with that for the rest of their life. They've done time for it. They've They've been punished for it. And uh, I, I want to help them break the cycle. So often they were abused before and they thought that that's just an acceptable way of behavior. You know, I, I think in any dark place, if we can bring a, be a light and bring a light, that's what we should be committed to doing. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't, when I started all this, I really didn't think 
the, the common sense of wanting to take care of children, of wanting to be like a decent person. I didn't really think that that would be considered rebellious, revolutionary, or any of the things that it's considered today. But I think that at the same time, it should show people how, how, how far down the rat hole we are, how steeped in darkness we are, and why it's important that we begin to, to, to reclaim some level of normality, to reclaim some level of wholesomeness and decency. Because if the kids are our future, it, again, just, just right there, I mean, you're, you're talking about the, the defender class, the warrior class of our society, and then we're also talking about the next generation of our society kids. If we can't even protect these two essential parts of our, of, of our, of our society, what does that tell you? What, like, yeah, what one, of the most really powerful, one of the most powerful things, EJ, I've been involved in is connecting our warrior class with our broken, vulnerable class. So if you start to get someone who's been trained for war, who has is, who is taken it to them and they're looking for a mission, and you show them the broken and the vulnerable boys and girls that are now trying to come to terms with it, if you marry those two, bro, it'll, it'll bring a man, a, a grown man to his knees in tears and thanksgiving because they find each other and their, their strength speaks to the other's brokenness. And you've never seen anything, anything like that in your life, that here is these mostly stalwart men and women as well, you know, who are able to pull alongside someone who feels so vulnerable and lean from their strength and skills. And yet there's someone who is so vulnerable and aware of their vulnerability that they speak and are so grateful for the strength of another. It just buoys both of them. It's the most incredible thing, mate. It's the most incredible thing to be involved in. I think this is uh, something we had touched on, you know, the last time that you were on, about how this is a part, this is a part of the whole, the, the path towards masculinity and understanding it. You know, men being men, and how that whole phrase of just suck it up and be a man, how much damage that's actually done. I think people, men specifically, we get this. You have to understand, like, you're not a rock, but it's having that little bit of vulnerability, it actually becomes like a strength because you know your weakness and you can work from there. But because, yeah. like, we don't have a society that embraces that level of emotional intelligence or emotional awareness, you know, we, we suppress these things. But I find it, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm strange. I find it empowering and, and exciting to see it coming back, to see us, you know, start working with the broken, to start developing that warrior class you know what does what does a soldier for humanity look like what does a a a a warrior for righteousness what does that really look like not what's being promoted not a social justice warrior but the actual individual that's that's tapping into what it means to be a human being and protecting all of us i find that boosh insightful and empowering yeah warrior poets man the spartans would recite poetry and sing songs as they went to war you know david king david was a warrior poet and i believe that part of the making of a true man is the ability to be able to give your life um for both art and for warfare and i think we've lost some of that um we call art feminine and we call warfare you know toxic masculinity and Really, it's a mixture of both that is a truly brings a, a true is a true Renaissance man. Um, is a sort of man and model of manhood that we need walking around today. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I'll say this and I'll start wrapping up the show. I, I 
I started to, to do more gardening. And let me tell you, I'm not a gardener, but I am a learner of lessons. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, while I realize I might not be, I might not be Dr. Green Thumb, I'm learning <laughs> patience. I'm learning tolerance. Yes. I'm learning like you got to work with these things. You got to fit things certain ways, and and it reveals a certain understanding of yourself, too. You know, you want things to be a certain way, and that's not how it's going to be. You have to adjust accordingly. And again, I just think these very basic human values, these very basic human rituals have been robbed from us and we're beginning to see the effects of it. We, 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 we yeah. truly are. Uh, I was, I was reading a, an article just the other day about how Satanists are saying that pro that the pro-life choice is against their religion. And yes, so the level, the level of deception that just went on and that whole, that, that whole story, you know, I just, I, I really yep. couldn't believe that that's where we're at, you know? Yeah, pro-lifers have been included in the um, FBI's terrorist watch list. Wow. People, yeah, pro-life, um, pro-lifers have, so, along with that animal is... rights activists. It's, it's, the, the list is quite, is quite, um, I've got the article, I put it up for you early on when we are having a chat about all that stuff. Um, it was, it's quite surprising. Uh, domestic terrorism includes Violent extremists, anti-government, anti-authoritarian, animal rights, environmental expression, and abortion extremists, um, pro-choice and anti-abortion extremists. So, pro-lifers. So it's okay. Well, okay. They'll do anything they can to reclassify anything as they can. So. And here we are. So we'll make a few a days after them. Here we are. Yeah. A few days after them declaring conspiracy theorists and conspiracy theories a domestic terrorist or d- domestic terrorist threat that's what's so dangerous is is it's da- it's becoming dangerous to share alternative viewpoints it's becoming dangerous to not promote the party line to not promote what mainstream media wants to not promote what the government wants and i feel like that is 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 clearly outrageous like it's almost mind numbing but whenever you have an entire generation of people talking about antifa and other weak-willed individuals these days who buy into this propaganda, that's what's even more dangerous. Yes, everything they're promoting does restrict our freedom, but what's even crazier is the fact that you have people who are openly advocating for the robbing of your rights. And I feel like that's 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 why we do everything we do and why we have a system like this and why we why we put this type of content out to raise awareness, to fight back but uh, to fight back against this level of tyranny. Uh, but John, that's a different discussion for a different day, and I feel like we have just barely scratched the surface. And I want to say thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome, brother. Thank you for all you're doing. Um, be well, man. Thanks, Ra. Hey, when he comes to Texas, make sure he brings you, brother, and he has to buy you a <laughs> new lunch. Real quick, before you before you go, uh, final words. What do you want to leave the audience with? Uh, look, there's hope. Don't be dismayed. You know, we've been here before as a nation. We've been here before as a world. And just shine a light, you know. It's amazing how one single match can change the entire tone of a room. So, yeah, be the match, man. Be the light. Um, don't don't fall into the, the camps. You know, do go the high road. Have a conversation with people of different points of view and, and be the growing up um, because people are looking for leadership. So be the leader that, that people want. That's what I'd encourage. Resist groupthink. Last thing, where can people find more of your work? 
www.drjohnaking.com. Go there and um, there's probably 70 or 80 videos on post-traumatic stress recovery. There's a bunch of stuff on there about anti-human trafficking. They can download the book, Keeping Kids Safe from the Shop. Just enter the word freedom um, in the at the checkout and that'll zero out the cost for you. Hey, that's what I like to hear right on. Thank you, Dr. King. This is a pleasure, and we will make sure that it doesn't take so long to get you back on. <laughs> Anytime, brother, man. Anytime. I'll see you soon. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Stay safe out there. And there you go, Dr. John A. King. Cheers, man. Powerful mate. episode. Nice having a chat. Yeah, well, good talking to you. Oh, we will. We, we are. We definitely have a few more things to talk about. That's for sure. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, I will. I will for sure uh, put the links to his Facebook, his YouTube, his Twitter, Instagram, as well as his newsletter and his website in the description bar below. Uh, like I said, powerful man, general badass. He knows that. Uh, and think about it. Like I said, we, we we literally ended this episode talking about the warrior class and the broken class. How we're talking about soldiers. And, and, and protecting children, like that's where we're at. But because we are in these days of ambiguity, the days of, of, of all this, this, this outright chaos, the simplicity, order, uh, uh, some, some kind of happiness that's being obstructed against, that's considered detrimental, you see. Uh, we, we, we didn't even talk about things uh, like this straight pride parade and why that's even catching flag today. But again, that just shows you the days that we've entered into. Uh, but like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll put all of John's information in the description bar below so you, go, so you can go and download his book, Keeping Kids Safe. He's got all kinds of other fantastic information on there, uh, on his website. So definitely take the time to go check it out because this is important. This, this is the type of stuff that, that we have to do. Like, really understand that these people are trying to systematically rob you of your rights, rob you of your individuality, and rob you of, 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 of your divinity. You were born perfect. You were born wholesome. You were born pure. But these people want to try to do everything within their power to rob you of that. And all we're trying to do is remind you of that, to tell you that you were born divine, that you were born perfect, and that you can affect change. Yes, everything that is going on, it is taking place, but we can also fight it. And the only way to do that is like we were talking about in the first segment, owning up to the darkness, owning up to being broken so that we can get past this and create that better tomorrow. Uh, but again, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll put that link in the description bar below so you guys can go find all of Dr. John A. King's work as well as the previous, the previous times he's been on the show with us because this is not easy work, and I'm always glad to have somebody out here in the fight with me. Uh, but like I said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for, thank you for tuning in to this edition. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, and Dr. John A. King, out.